Welcome to episode 18. Killed by death. death. <laughs> Such a clever title. Is it? <laughs> Killed by death. Um, uh, this episode featuring me, Marley. And John, uh, me, your resident <laughs> Buffy. I'm your resident dum-dum. <laughs> I really did feel like Buffy this time because I, I was ju- I did just have a little stint in a hospital, so I feel like I, I get it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wasn't as eventful. I wasn't saving lives. <laughs> but I, I wish I was. But you did get rolled down a hallway. I did. <laughs> I did, and I had a blanket. and Unfortunately, because of the COVIDs, I could not be there to witness <laughs> like all of Buffy's friends. But no, I didn't have my like health groupies. Entourage. No, I would have had <laughs> such a good entourage. I know. I don't know. Do hospitals work like that anymore? I think they could one day Again? in the future. <laughs> not now. Maybe in a science fiction future. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this episode, was it just me or does it feel like this episode is quite a metaphor for dealing with the loss of Jenny Calendar. Oh, definitely. I was just ruminating before this episode on like how they were going to come back from last episode because it was very dramatic and upsetting. And obviously this is traumatic what's happened to all of them. And I was like, what is this episode going to be? But it's sort of perfect. It's a It's a monster of the week type deal, Mm -hmm. but it is all about death Mm -hmm. and how to conquer death, how to deal with death, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of like really profound thoughts and feelings about um, trying to fight it, trying to fight something that is impossible, Mm -hmm. death and dying being something that Buffy can't fight, that she can't change. Yep, they talk about disease and death are mm-hmm. these things that you can't can't fight and mm-hmm. Buffy can't fight. Mm-hmm. Although she literally does fight death. Yeah. There will <laughs> yeah, they're like, Oh, but but um this episode we can. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it this time. <laughs> but like you usually you have to just learn how to integrate to it into your it. life. <laughs> like Buffy did with her cousin Celia, which is why she has this fear of hospitals. But I guess we're getting into it, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. What's the sitch, Marmar? Tell me what's happening. So we see Buffy in the graveyard. Looking cute. Looking cute, but also looking like disheveled in the way they make Buffy look quote unquote disheveled. Sometimes. Oh yeah. She's got a fever. <laughs> but she still looks foxy. <laughs> She's got COVID. That's what I wrote. She's like, I have a virus. I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's took out half the school, Buffy. It's serious. Uh and you wouldn't so cavalierly be waltzing about if you had the fever these days. <laughs> no, that's true. <clears throat> but you know, this was before we knew what we know. <laughs> yeah. When we just went out sick all the time, wild. <laughs> so um, she runs into Cordy, Xander, and Willow. They're like, what are you doing? You're sick. And she's like, I can't take a day off. I don't want Angel to kill anyone else I know. Like, she feels so responsible, yes. obviously, for Miss Calendar, you know? Yes. Um. Without saying that outright. but And then Angel just shows up immediately. You're only half a slayer. Yeah, but I'm still the slayer. And as long as I am, Angel's not going to kill anybody else. Oh, come on. Just one more. (laughs) Not feeling well, lover? That helps. You know, you being off your game's kind of taking the fun out of all this. Nope. 
Still fun. Uh-oh. This does not look good for our heroine. He's upped his game. No more waiting. Mm-hmm. He got... The poop kicked out of him by angry Ripper Giles. Yes. And he got scolded by Spike and Drusilla to be like, you just angered, like, you just um, made it very dangerous for us to be here. Mm-hmm. You needed to kill this girl, not haunt and torture and torment her. But he doesn't really want to kill her. No, he's not ready either. No. Uh, um, But... But my guess is that those sort of words of wisdom from Spike and Drusilla to expedite the Slayer killing process worked because we get uh, two visitations from Angel in this episode. Yeah, it's it's becoming more frequent. Everyone is nervous, even when they're in these public buildings. Like you never you can't let your guard down. Yeah. At all right now. Uh, so Angel and Buffy have like a big fun fight. Yeah. Um, very satisfying. But she's sick so she can't like quite, even though she looks perfect, but she can't quite <laughs> get him, you know. But her buds can save the day and they all have crosses and like ward him off with the crosses. So And they pull him off of her and mm-hmm. they do get a few good punches in. They do save her from him in that graveyard. Yep. When he's kind of got her pinned, she's on her back, and yeah, she's just not at her best. And well, and it's sickness, but also like emotional, yeah, hangover from this horrible experience they all went through, which they don't really they talk about it, but they don't really talk about it at all in this yeah. episode. Very briefly, yeah. We're aware of it enough that it doesn't seem like, oh, so last week didn't happen. Mm-hmm. We're aware of it enough. It's integrated enough that we buy in yeah. to sort of this um, one-off demon, but it's still incredibly linked to the trauma of the day of Definitely. Jenny Callender's death and stuff. Definitely. So after this incident, this fight, um, Buffy just, like, collapses and, <gasps> like, faints or whatever, Ugh. you know. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Scary when the superhero, when yeah. Power Girl. <laughs> Power Girl, she fainted. She's Power fucked Girl up. fainted, yeah. Yeah, so they, like, carry her off to the hospital, the Sunnydale Hospital. Well, this hospital, I mean, it's... Doesn't seem the most professional. I think there's a pretty high turnaround of staff at the Sunnydale Hospital. Being on a Hellmouth can't mean that you've got just a regular run-of-the-mill hospital. I bet it's pretty busy. Yeah, there's fucking werewolves. There's fucking demons. Like, damn. (laughs) Uh, So they, like, Xander's, like, carrying her in. It's like, help! Like... Very dramatic. It's it's all um, Grey's Anatomy for a moment. Oh, yeah. You know, you throw on a thing. They're all like, get me two cc's of blah, blah, stab. <laughs> like, so I'm sure all this lingo is very accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's what you call saving her life. That <laughs> jargon is essential. <laughs> they need it. Um, and... <laughs> And so, like, she's taken back to, I don't know, do something, and everyone's freaking out, and they call Giles and Joyce, and so everyone's everyone's really in this hospital the whole episode, yeah. like, hanging out, um, waiting around for Buffy to get better. Um, but then they're, like, wheeling Buffy out. She's been saved somehow, but they're wheeling her out, and everyone's around her, and they're like, hey, we're all here. And then she starts being like, but we have to fight the vampires, Giles. <laughs> and they're all like, ha, ha, yeah, it's the vampire. She's crazy. <laughs> it's the fever. It's the fever. She's delusional. Best to just go with it. I heard it's really good if you just go with it. <laughs> it's very funny. But then she starts, like, actually freaking out, and they have to fucking sedate her. And give her a needle. A needle full of... Trank. <laughs> Throw back to Ted. <laughs> Antiphases. Oh, yes. We're yes. tranking. We're tranking Trank these days. Trank him up. Um, 
Well, it's good because she would have gone like a slayer on their ass. And yes. Punched everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, very good. Uh, then it is revealed by Joyce that Buffy hates hospitals because ever since her cousin died when they were eight. Yeah. She watched her cousin die. Yeah. Alone. I mean, yeah, this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't blame her for hating hospitals over this. No. I don't really blame anyone for ha- hating hospitals for any reason. They're True. not they're not an amazing no one wants to be there. They're not fun. They you know, they're very essential and save our lives a bunch, but I don't blame someone for not wanting to spend too much time there. Especially because we see how this cousin died and it is very traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, there's a little Joyce Giles scene where she's like, oh, I heard about that teacher, Miss Calendar. So this is where they kind of explicitly talk about what just happened. She's like, I'm really sorry. I knew you were close. And Giles is like really trying to like keep it together. He's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. He does such a good job of being like. Can't I can't really talk about this, like, especially with Joyce. Like, Joyce has no idea what the fuck is going on. No. So. But it's a lovely uh, gesture. Yeah, Joyce is trying to be nice in this episode. And she's not completely oblivious to the world around her. She's not mm-hmm. completely oblivious to Buffy's life and her relationships at school. Yeah, and she has now accepted Giles as, like, this weird... For a while, she kept being like... Oh, Mr. Giles, what are you doing here? <laughs> and now she's like, oh, Giles is here. Giles' is best friend is with Buffy. <laughs> so, they're all sort of just like at the hospital hanging out. And Buffy is in her like having like her fever dream. Mm-hmm. And she sees this creepy fucking child. This is at nighttime and no this one's is around. Ryan is just standing in her doorway. Yeah, this creepy ass child and then and then the demon. It's so scary. This first sighting of this demon. Yes. It's freaky as fuck. You said afterwards that you were like, I think this is one of the scariest demons. Yes. Um, What about it? It's design. Oh yeah, the design is so scary. Yeah. Like these long fingers and he was like scraping them along the walls and these white eyes and the teeth like this like weird underbite teeth thing like yeah. reverse fangs yes. coming up from the lower jaw mm-hmm. and this like bald head with like long gray hair at the back like he looks like an old man yes like he is sort of humanoid mm-hmm. but uh, looking very dead indeed. Yeah, and like thin and tall with this black weird outfit and bowler hat. He's just, it was very scary. Yeah. This is very horror-esque. Also, just yes. to see a demon like just walk across the threshold. Yes. Yeah, freaky as fuck. This whole episode is quite, but hospitals like invoke yeah. like freaky death shit too. So, yeah, very yeah. scary. So a lot of complicated feelings about hospitals, being in hospitals, there's like, you know, a lot of grieving, a lot of sickness. Like it really plays on this idea of being out of control and uncomfortable and scared. And And mortality, you're thinking about it. Yeah. So then after this, like she sees the demon, she has this like vision and or flashback. Mm -hmm. I didn't know for a little bit. Like, I figured it was Buffy as an eight-year-old, but I didn't really know because they kind of go over the episode and kind of tell the story of what happened to her when she was eight. Yeah. But she's in a hospital, but it also looked like a, I don't know, like an old-timey asylum because it was all, like, white and stuff and freaky. Yeah. So Buffy is walking in the freaky old hospital when she's eight like walking up to these curtains to see something yeah so revealing over the episode her like trauma of seeing her cousin die yes (laughs) and the great reveal later on in this episode that in fact their kindestad was the killer of her cousin too Mm -hmm. which is yeah we'll get there but 
Yes. It wasn't, in fact, an illness. Well, it was an illness that put her in the hospital, and then her being in the hospital was what allowed this demon to prey on her. Yeah, the super bug. Yeah. <laughs> in the hospital <laughs> metaphor. And then I believe this is the next – oh, no, it's not the next day. It must be night because Angel comes to the hospital. Yeah, I think so. So it has to be in the nighttime, and he sees Xander. Xander's sort of, like, on patrol this whole episode, like, against Angel. Yeah. Again, like, layering this, like – they they touch on it, but, like, that Xander's still in love with Buffy and that he's got this protector guy thing happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is what exactly what Angel like ribs him about. Visiting hours are over. Well, I'm pretty much family. Yeah. Why don't you come back during the day? Oh, gee, no, I guess you can't. <laughs> if I decide to walk into Buffy's room, do you think for one microsecond that you could stop me? Maybe not. Maybe that security guard couldn't either. Or those cops. Or the orderlies. But I'm kind of curious to find out. You game? <laughs> Buffy's white knight. <laughs> you still love her. It must just eat you up that I got there first. You're going to die. And I'm going to be there. Tell her I stopped by. He's just trying to get everyone around her. Like, it's awful. And he's a brilliant villain because there is truth in what he is saying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cruel and it's evil and it's malicious. And it's awful, but he's playing um, in an in a very vulnerable place of Xander's heart. Mm-hmm. Like that is um, emotional abuse. <laughs> yeah, he's so good at it. Yeah, um, different than any other vampire. Yeah, we've seen this tactic is different than Spike. Than Drusilla, than the master. This is different than all of those. And it's an opportunity Angelus never would have had if mm. he didn't start out as Angel and get to know this community. Of course. Like it's also it's also a way of talking about the acute trauma that happens when someone close in the community who has community ties and strong relationships changes and causes harm. Mm-hmm. It's the potential for that uh, harm is just so great. Yes. It's so destabilizing. It's mm-hmm. so messed up. Yeah, they're all fucked up from this. Yeah. And it is interesting. I just clocked that like Giles never sees Angel or mm-hmm. encounters him. Because I don't think he could without, like, attacking him. Yeah. So he only encounters, like, Willow, Cordy, and Xander. But we don't see a Giles Angel showdown. No. It just couldn't happen. No, it couldn't happen. In fact, like, they do a good job of, like, the writing is great in this scene because I'm watching Angel appear. I'm watching him in his threatening, imposing, demonic self be in that hospital and I'm like how do we get this demon out of here yeah and it's Xander who's like oh yeah you want to go through me and that security guard and those orderlies and the nurses like he reminds Angel provides just enough intimidation Mm -hmm. to dissuade him from causing a scene attacking Buffy in her room maybe coming back he does a good job yeah he uses the only thing which they have, which is strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. They're in this public space. There's yeah. like dozens of people around. Yeah. Yeah. But it's tricky because I'm like, what is the thing that's going to make Angel go away? There's not much out there. No, because he doesn't care about 
killing people. And No, and he's incredibly strong. But I think what we all know is that Angel wants to kill Buffy poetically and elaborately and just the way he wants. Yeah, with ceremony, with yes. roses, with like drawing, like, like a fucked up He wants a psycho, fucking showdown. Yeah, this psycho shit, like yeah. very serial killer-y. Um, yeah. Definitely. It's a grand gesture just in serial killer form. Yes. So <laughs> I totally know he's not just going to go kill her yeah. in this hospital when she's sick. It has to be dramatic. And that's the other thing Xander is reminding him about is mm. that this isn't the environment no. that he would desire. And he's right. And he backs off. Mm-hmm. But not without, you know, taking a bit of Xander's heart and pride mm. with him. Yeah. Uh. And then after this, there's another of these, like, um, children flashbacks of Buffy where she, where her cousin calls her, what does she Power call her? Girl. Power Girl. So Buffy's always wanted to be a superhero. Uh, did you play like this when you were a child? Uh. I definitely played, uh, like, my friends and I had a vampire tag game when we were <laughs> Like, fairly young, like, before before I started watching Buffy. Mm-hmm. Vampires were kind of in my play universe. <clears throat> I'm not actually sure why. Maybe because of Dracula. I don't know. But, like, yeah, vampires and... Did you? Did you ever play Hero Girl? Power Girl? I don't know. We had lots of games. I'm mostly just, like, jumping off the garage yeah. onto big piles of pillows. Yeah. I was a little daredevil climber child. Thrill-seeking. Monkey bars, jumping off the garage, climbing on roofs. Yeah. I I loved climbing up a tree. Yeah, I was just a little You were a climber. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. (laughs) This took hours. Then I wrote, they all bring gifts. All the gang (laughs) goes to Bubby, and they all bring a ceremonial gift. And Cordy's like, no one told me we were bringing gifts. (laughs) Giles is like, ah, it's just, you know, what what people do. people do. Giles has, like, such a funny attitude towards Cordelia in this episode. It's very funny. And he's at, like, I like the subtle performance by Anthony Stewart Head of him being sort of relatively testy. Yeah, and he's... He's sort of over it, but he can't be over it. And he's he's just, yeah, he, you can tell he's withdrawn, but he's trying not to be, mm-hmm. you know. It's just a great performance. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got so many things going on. Yeah. It's excellent. You can see it built into his performance. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> and then after they go to school and Cordy, like, reveals... Oh, no, wait, they're not at school. They're just walking Buffy outside in, like, a wheelchair. Um, But then Cordy, like, meta-reveals Buffy's motivation for, like, (laughs) overcoming her, like, cousin's death. And (laughs) this is why she's obsessed with catching this monster because Buffy is telling them while they're outside about this, like, demon that she saw and the children and she thinks it's real and she needs to fight it. And they're like, uh, are you sure? Like, are you sure you're just not trying to, like, compensate that you feel helpless and yeah. against death and yeah. stuff? Cordelia's like, are you sure or is this just your coping mechanism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was really out of it. But but you do know that you saw death. Did it happen now to us? Ooh, if you ask her to play chess, don't even do it. Guy's like a whiz. Maybe it wasn't death. Maybe it was something else. So this isn't about you being afraid of hospitals because your friend died and you want to conjure up a monster that you can fight so you can save everybody and not feel so helpless? Cordelia, have you actually ever heard of tact? Tact is just not saying true stuff. I'll pass. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Cordelia has delivered some wonderful truths to us on this day. Oh, yes. (laughs) Just like always. Um... So then they're like, okay, we believe you, Buffy. Like, we we have to believe you. We're on the Hellmouth. Okay, there's a death monster. Let's go to crime club. Everyone split up. So Giles and Willow and Xander and Cordy, mm-hmm. like, they all go on their separate missions. Um, Cordy and Xander, like, in the hospital files? Is this where they are? <laughs> I didn't catch. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are in the hospital files. Okay, the archives. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like, what is this place? Okay. 
So they're looking for information on this doctor yes. character. Dr. Backer. Dr. Backer. Um, because he's suspicious and the children are like, oh, uh, Dr. Backer is fucking me up. Um, and Giles and Willow go to the library to research him, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> well, they take a little bit to get there. Like, mm-hmm. it's a cool scene because Willow's, Willow's like, why do I sense you're less than 100% into this, into this Scooby night? Like, why aren't you in... Jaws mode. Yeah. yeah. What's up, dog? Why Why are you stalling on the research? Mm-hmm. And Giles is like, well, I know Cordelia is <laughs> um, not my favorite person, but maybe she's right. Mm. Uh, death and dying and disease are things that Buffy can't fight. Are we going to find anything or is this just Buffy's mind trying to come to terms with this? This fact, and Willow hears him out and is like, "Well, maybe." And also, what other option do we have? You're on a hellmouth. Like... And the kids said that they saw something. Mm-hmm. And then Giles is like, "Oh, well, maybe they say they saw a monster, but maybe what they're seeing is just a person doing monstrous things. Mm-hmm. They see through us. They see yeah. our actions uh, as though." We are monsters, and yeah, they see what's beneath the mask. Yeah. Is what he says. Yes. So yeah, very interesting. So they're like, okay, it could be this doctor backer yeah. doing just a regular man doing something totally bad. Um, and then meanwhile, in the hospital files chamber, <laughs> uh, uh, Cordy's like charming the security guard yeah. is very funny scene because he's come into like and like caught them like looking in the files but she just has a very long scene of flirting with him very she's so confident she's very lois lane for me in this um, in this yes like she's she's a real she's quite at home now in her role as huh. researcher scooby um errand runner Ride giver, lady with a car, like she's really at home as as a um an accomplice for good. Yeah, she's got her role and she's great at it in the gang. Yeah, like this is amazing. I was like, good job, Cordelia. Like you're doing what needs to be done. But obviously, Xander's like me. Like he's looking at her like, mm, why are you doing that? Yeah. But like, if she didn't do that, they'd be caught. Xander. <laughs> and I don't actually think Xander cares that much. I no think this is don't. just their banter about, like, are you jealous? Oh, well, are you jealous? Are you jealous? Like, they have a little bit of, like, jealousy, cuckold energy going on every now and again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. It's, they like to bicker. They like to fight. Of course. And then they like to make up. Yeah. It's fun, and it's fun for them. But obviously. Cordelia gives that great line about, like, you have such a nice nose. <laughs> Do you work out? <laughs> it's like so good. The only compliment I want to hear before someone says, "Do you work out?" Nice nose. nose. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote down, "Doctor Backer understands the real truth about children," because <laughs> he's in his fuck? lab, oh, yeah, office, fridge, room, and yeah, with this like fifties fridge. I know. <laughs> It's like, what era are we in in this hospital? Some of it is, like, very old-timey hospital, isn't it? Oh, definitely. It's weird. <laughs> we have our files being stored in, like, antique wooden chambers. I know, in, like, a massive rooms. <laughs> not on a floppy disk, not in a computer. <laughs> but, yeah, he finds the secret to the disease, which is that he makes them sicker mm-hmm. to burn out the fever. Which Willow will explain later. So he's about to go mm-hmm. and administer something some, to one of the kids. Some sample. Yeah, fridge. <laughs> a bit how of, they keep it. <laughs> a bit of extra disease. Capital grab D. That I don't know. Liquid. Yeah. Virus. And yeah. Just shoot it up. Uh, and he's being real creepy. I mean, 
this is like the red herring. We're supposed yeah. to think he's the creepy fuck or, you know, going to inject shit into like children's and we get sleeping. we get a bit of conflict between Buffy's doctor mm. and Doctor Backer. Yeah, that they're arguing about methods and ethics and <laughs> take it to the board yeah. if you have a problem. <laughs> I have taken it to the board. <laughs> so yes. we know that like we're suspicious of Doctor Backer because we know that another doctor is suspicious of Doctor Backer. So it's yes. yeah, he's set up to fail. But then when he's about to administer this shit in the child, he starts getting beaten up by some invisible being. Dr. Death. Yes, which scratches him and beats him up. And and then... <laughs> There's some pretty serious, like, shadow work here that is almost like his body's being, like, thrown around yes. by the demon. It's amazing. Yeah. That's hard to do to make it look like you've been punched by oh, nothing. Yeah. And Buffy is in there, and she's getting punched, too. And and then finally you see him being, like, dragged away by this invisible. Der Kinderstadt. Yeah, very scary. Hardcore. Uh, and then I wrote, vaccine! <laughs> <laughs> because Willow, they're describing, like, make they go in the doctor's office and they read his notes. And, I mean, that's basically what he was doing, right? Like, giving them... More virus to help them fight off the virus. Is that a vaccine? I don't know. Sure. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> Science is what I say. Um, it's a vaccine. <laughs> and then we've got this great scene with Giles and Cordelia where, like, <laughs> they've made Cordelia go work with Giles because Xander is watching. He's patrolling the hallway for Angel and Giles does not want to fucking work with Cordelia right now. No. Has no patience. No. And she's also being the worst. She's like, what's this one? What's this one? <laughs> it's amazing. It is. Their dynamic is so funny. I do love, I'm like, yeah, Cordelia asks some more questions. I want to know about, more about sure. demons too. She's just so unabashed about, yeah. you know, asking What's on her mind? And there's such an, a good joke there about Giles being like, it's someone who doesn't shut up when you're trying to work and asks questions uh, and asks stupid questions. And she's like, wow, there's a really a demon for everything. And he's just talking about her. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it's just always nice when they sort of mix up the, the group. Yeah. Uh, because it just gives everyone a fun chance for like different scenes and different little little relationships so it, it was very fun totally uh so then they figure out that this demon is called child death or der kinderstad yes a german <clears throat> german german scary so this demon kills children yes by sitting on them and sucking the life out of them yes very scary um, and so I wrote, OMG, Buffy saw her cousin eaten by the Kindersod. Yeah. <laughs> OMG. It is He's right. <laughs> <laughs> they call Buffy, tell her this on the phone. How did they get the number? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it just, it all works out. Just dial zero, Marmar. Just dial zero. I need to talk to Buffy. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> so then Buffy's like, why could I see it that one night? Yeah. But she figures out the different thing is that she had the virus. She was delirious with this the virus. Fever. Yeah. The fever is what reveals the demon or, or the cloak of reality falls away. Yeah, you're close to death. Yes. Um, yes, Marmar. That's totally it. I think. Yeah. Because they talked about a fever of 107, which I don't know if that is really physically possible. Again, but. I am not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Um, so then she's like, I'll grab this um, vial of vaccine. I'll just shoot it. And that's how I'll become, or not vaccine, but the virus. Yeah. I'll become sick. Yeah. She's going to do like, I do. Have you ever taken shots out of like. Oh, well, like the tube? Yeah. Yes. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> we should. I feel like it's very <laughs> apropos. <laughs> Maybe a bit insensitive. Um, but yeah. So she's going to shoot this vial. 
a virus. But then Willow's like, careful, that's a hundred percent pure virus. <laughs> what is this? I don't know why they have to like do this banter about this stupid virus. Because Willow is smart. I think that's it. Will is smart and knows things. About virus tubes. So yes. they have to dilute it. Science, okay? Yes. Get your bedauber and only drink a bedauber tube. And shoot it and then you immediately have a fever and virus. Shoot it and chase it with yeah. a lime and some salt and mm-hmm. then go into that basement and kick some ass. And then your fever and then you see the demon. <laughs> so... They, she shoots it. She gets the virus. Um, all the kids try and run away down into yes, a scary they already basement. Escaped. Yes, that's right. Yes. Um, <laughs> into scary basement. Every building in Sunnydale has this scary wet basement. God, such brave kids, hey? Uh, yeah, this is so scary. But I guess the scary basement is less scary than this fucking monster demon. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... The demon is, like, following them and is, like, dragging his long fingers along the wall. Oh, it's so scary. He's hunting them. Um, Meanwhile, Buffy and uh, Willow are trying to, like, run after the demon. They know he's gone to the basement. But the doctor lady sees them and is like, get the fuck back to your room (laughs) um, and calls security. And then Willow does a great (laughs) improv by being like, frogs, frogs, there's frogs all over me. Totally. She makes them believe that she's the one that they're after. Is sick. Yeah. Yeah. She has the virus fever. And you laughed about frogs because that's a callback to a previous episode where Willow was talking about frogs. Frog frog fear. Frog fear. She's afraid of frogs. (laughs) Don't you love this? It's so funny and weird. I love it too. Um, What, do you have an irrational fear? Irrational? I'm afraid of outer space. Are you? I don't like, I'm a little bit claustrophobic, so the idea of having no, like, air in space really freaks me out. Oh, that's freaky. So, I don't like the idea of not being able to breathe. But that's not irrational, that's very normal. (laughs) That's very normal. But it's irrational in the sense that, well, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's a fear you have about a very... Uh, unlikely scenario. Exactly. I'm not going to space. No. (laughs) No. I I think I don't like hospitals. Mm. So I get I get this. I don't like I don't like them. Mm -hmm. Um and I also have a terrible fear of being eaten by some kind of shark or massive demon (laughs) in the ocean. Oh or I also have it in a pool. Even though there's like I know there's nothing (laughs) and a lake. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh, something's going to get me. Like, uh, some, like... In our little Alberta lakes with, like, a tiny, tiny fish. (laughs) You know that there is some anaconda dinosaur. The monster finds the children, and then the one boy is, like, the brave boy. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. Go, Ryan, go. He's cute. He's going to save these, like, little girls. And the monster fucking picks him up. And then, this is so scary, I screamed, uh, when the... Kinderstad uh, is his eyes turn white and he goes and sits on the child and then his eyeballs like turn into these fucking suckers like <laughs> it's so scary I hated it it's awful it's so violating too oh yeah like it's not just like a like when you think about how they're imagining these demons will work there's all kinds of options you could like have the kinderstad just like put their hand on their head Mm -hmm. or um uh just like like suck their life force like hocus pocus style by like using their little lips and sucking their little like spirit energy Mm -hmm. and it goes into them like there's so many ways this is, it's so awful. Oh, it's so gross. And any eye shit is just like, oh, absolutely. Like, it's so gross. But then Buffy makes it down. There's a cool fucking fight with yes. them. They have a really good fight, but she's like kind of feverish. So she's not maybe as good as she would be. Well, she takes a bit of a beating here. Yeah. This is an episode where you really see Buffy. She survives because yeah. she's a survivor, but she takes. Some beatings. She's not at her prime right now. No, no. Not in any situation. Not fighting Angel, not fighting this virus, not fighting their Kinderstad. Yeah, and the death is so close to her because she's on her back and and the little fucking suckers come out of the eyeballs. 
and her face is terrified. Yeah. Like, she is about to die, and then she just breaks its neck. Yeah. Which is really wild, because that's exactly how Angel just killed Miss Calendar, was by snapping her neck like that. Yeah. So I don't think that's a mistake or a coincidence. No. Like, it is very deliberate, because... Buffy doesn't really snap people's necks to kill them no. as her main way to kill demons and vampires. No. So. We, someone still has that on the mind. Yes. And it works really well. And when you're in the business of killing things, that kind of behavior, when it comes out of you, you're like, oh yeah, I wonder why I'm doing that. Could it be because my boyfriend just killed my friend this mm-hmm. way? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. It's so gross. But all is well. They killed death. Death can be conquered (laughs) in Sunnydale. And then the little, like, epilogue button of this is Joyce is taking care of the children at home. By children, I mean Buffy, Willow, and Xander. They're all in bed. (laughs) I know. Isn't it cute? It's so cute. Like, eating cheesy chips and... Drinking pop. Yeah. Getting your sandwich. Watching movies. And Joyce is... It's funny. I was like, Joyce is really trying to be a good mom right now. She's bringing them snacks. But you can tell she's like, ugh. Like, I don't really want to. But I guess I will. Buffy's sick. (laughs) I was... I'll just say it and I'll out myself to all who listen who know me. I was like Xander. I was like... (laughs) Yeah, get the cheesy chips. Oh, I don't have any left. Oh, yeah, you do. They're behind the raisins. Yeah, like I, yeah, I know where you. I'm them. super up to speed on what's in your pantry, lady. <laughs> get them. So it's really cute. They're having like their little sick day, and then the the button is like, uh, Joyce is like, you got this letter, Buffy, from Ryan, <laughs> and he draws this like really creepy kids picture of Buffy like murdering death. Isn't that awesome? It's so great. Which is great, too, because it's kind of awesome that we have this, the way that we find out Der Kinderstadt is the demon, the way we confirm it Mm -hmm. is, you know, they come back to Buffy's hospital room sort of in the middle of the episode and they're like, Dr. Backer, he's not a good character. And Buffy's like, oh, he did. And it's this guy and Mm. has this picture of the demon that Ryan had drawn mm-hmm. so it's like it, like really what this episode is about is Buffy and the children working together yeah it's very fairy tale it's very it reminds me a little bit of Hansel and Gretel like it's it's a real like sibling champion story or like friend championing over death winning over death story where the kids are really really involved in their own salvation in their own um, in saving their own lives. And the idea that kids can see monsters that adults can't, like, that's just such an old, old fairy tale idea. That they're more in connection to the spirits or the, you know, the veil is thinner with children. Totally. And it's appropriate that this demon should be a German title because a lot of the folktale, fairy tale, old wives' tale tales do come from Germanic uh, roots that, that we have here yeah, in, the in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Hans Christian Andersen being from, uh, I'm not sure if he was German, but he was writing tales too. He wrote Little Mermaid. Like, like there's yes, so many yes. uh, folks from that part of the world that really influence our idea of fantasy, our it, idea of demons. Yes, yes, totally. So this has a very fairy tale feel to me. Absolutely. And very just very scary, very like yeah, scary children's fairy tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, because nobody knows what death is, nobody knows what happens after you die. Um people have been asking that question for you know, since we were sentient basically uh it's a really profound topic and it makes it does make sense like what cordelia says about this episode is true we are creating a demon so that we can talk about death so that we can fight Mm -hmm. death and 
that also feels quite fairy tale mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, it was kind of the perfect episode after last episode because it wasn't too light. It wasn't too goofy, you know, because some of some. No, definitely sometimes not. Sometimes the show can be like light and goofy, yep. but but it wasn't. It was quite scary, but it wasn't. We weren't. We were, we got a chance to sort of like be a little bit separate from what happened last episode, Definitely. which is last couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, it's almost like we moved, like, we're just to the left over here where we're talking about children dying, mm-hmm. which isn't light at all, <laughs> but it's not, it's not Buffy's trauma. It's not her most recent trauma. Yeah. What do you think about the fashion? Fashion! Some assembly required. There are fashions in this episode, but they are kind of in the same outfits for for a lot of it. So there's not too much. Although, I wrote at least half a page. (laughs) Um, So, um, okay. What I want to note is Xander's amazing knit sweater. Yes, I think he looks awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful, actually. It's bright blue on the top, yellow on the bottom. Like a gold? Yeah, maybe gold. Like, And then the sort of Scandinavian knit yeah. print in the middle like it looks like a beautiful hand-knit couchin or you know yeah. it's it's amazing I you don't actually see knitted pieces these colors very often mm. like we see couchins and knitted pieces with natural colors browns cream so this blue and yellow is I love it it's really cool I thought Xander and Willow had great outfits this episode yes they both look really good um Although you'll have to bring up Willow because I don't really... Oh, I do talk about her later. But if you... I mean, if you have any others, please bring them up. Uh, Cordy has a great purple shirt, purple matching Cardi, and then a a kind of high-waisted black skirt with a belt with like a silver buckle. Yeah. I think she looks great. And boots. And this is when she's like, watch my back, Xander. Oh, yeah. And he like checks out her butt. (laughs) Which is also what she's saying to him. Absolutely. And she looks great. Um, And Buffy is wearing later, when, in when she's wandering the hospital, she has the gray silk pajama bottoms on. Yeah. So Joyce brought her her favorite gray silk pajamas yes. to the hospital. <laughs> yes. I love a repeat outfit. They don't do it that much on this show, which is kind of a pity because I just... I love when you have, like, pieces in the wardrobe that are your favorite that you repeat. Um, So I love the return of the gray silk PJs. Uh, Another Cordy outfit. She she just looks so good. Um, She's got, like, a black Cardi with white trim. Mm -hmm. Very preppy. And then a yellow skirt on. I love it. And her hair is, like, snatched back in her pony. Yeah. She's just so beautiful. So clueless, too. Yes. And I also think it's her – I said Lois Lane. I, I also think it's her Her outfits for, like – I love that you call it crime club. It's so funny. <laughs> her outfits when she's in Scooby mode are pretty sort of, like, quintessential. Like, they really do harken back to another time. Yes. Of sort of superhero dumb. Well, and – Cordelia likes kind of a 50s vibe, yeah. 50s preppy vibe, because at the beginning, too, I didn't write this down, but she she has her classic sort of like sweater tied over her shoulder that matches her green little tank top thing she's wearing. Like, it is all very, like, 50s-ish. Totally. Um, But with updates, like, she is very fashionable, yeah. so she's not old-fashioned, but yeah. it's, like, classic, yeah. I feel. Um, with some trends thrown in here and there. Willow is wearing a really weird patterned fuzzy sweater. Yes. It's like a black fuzzy sweater, but then there's like diamonds and stripes and like, I don't know. It's like all over the place. It's so weird. <laughs> is this at the beginning? This is in the middle. Do you? What did she wear at the beginning? I, I don't know what she wore at the beginning. The outfit I like is the outfit where she pretends to be covered in frogs. Yeah, this is this outfit. It's a weird fuzzy shirt, but she does have these like cute plaid skirt on. And, and then these little red tights. Red tights. Yeah. 
And little red Converse. Yeah. Yeah. So very cute. I like when Willow wears these little sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very punk rock. Yes. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. I just don't like the sweater, but I like the plaid skirt. And I'll give her these color tights. (laughs) (laughs) They're okay. They're maroon. They're maroon. And they sort of go with this... It's like a red plaid skirt and a red converse. So I kind of, it's pretty matchy-matchy, but I just wish she had a different top on. Fair enough. Is what I She'll say. take it. Willow will take it. <laughs> and then the last outfit I had, what, which is Buffy's kind of last day in the hospital. She's got these white pants on. Oh, my God. They're quite wide-legged. Wide-legged, high-waisted, and then this, like, wrap top. Yeah. Which is kind of cropped. Um, this and, is a ballerina top. Yes. And like low V wrap. And then the color is like a taupe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, which is weird because I'm not really, I don't really like neutrals myself, um, but it looks great on I her. I would wear this. I, you would definitely yeah. wear this. You like a neutrals, a yeah. beige, a, yeah. a taupe. Yes, I do. Especially <laughs> in the summer months. <laughs> And you want to feel your summer self. Yes. Yeah, it's not really my jam, but but it looks great. And it yeah. looks great on tan blonde people. Yeah. I mean, it looks great on anyone, but just on Buffy and you because you look the same as Buffy. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I can see your fashion inspo. I know, right? So can I. Yeah. Watching this, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Is there no free will? There it is. I'm happy there isn't because I look great. (laughs) No, there is no free will. (laughs) There are things I will, I will, there are things I will not tolerate. I will not tolerate. Freak me out. Anything freak you out? Um, like not really. We kind of discussed everything, but nothing, nothing was really like troubling about this episode. It was all very, you know... It's all a metaphor, but it was pretty above board and pretty freaky, but uh, nothing was really weird to me about this episode. Yeah. Or jarring in our in our contemporary context. Sure, sure. I think. Sure. Yeah, totally. So, it's nice to have untroubling episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, yeah, some of these things are just timeless. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we... Yeah. How do we talk about death and dying? It is very triggering. It is very triggering. But it's something that, like, when you watch something again or when you revisit old stories and you find you have different attitudes towards those stories than you used to, which is sort of what we tend to talk about in this category, what we try to do, mm-hmm. it's interesting when you're like, oh, but this is just so... Um, profound 25 years um, isn't going to change the fact that death and dying is still so difficult to face for us. And the fact that it's told through the lens of this sort of fairy folktale, yeah. I think is very also classic and timeless. It's why we still have these fairy tales that are hundreds of years old, these folk tales that we tell again and again because they are classic and timeless and help us deal with all kind like they're always metaphors they're always about how we deal with certain things and Mm -hmm. monsters and death and etc so I was reading a little bit about what makes fairy tales a fairy tale like Mm -hmm. what are the things and it's like from a French word uh conte de fée which is literally a fairy tale Mm -hmm. and it's not that they have fairies in them because I was always so curious I was like what the heck what the heck is that about? But this this historian was talking about how it's the presence of magic. Mm. The presence of magic and so there can be both great pain and great transformation. Mm-hmm. And you talk a lot about how in this show there is the presence of magic and therefore everything is possible. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of thinking about this over the past few days just about how Buffy just really is a modern day fairy tale. Absolutely. And Andrew describes it as like this urban fantasy. Yeah. um, Which I think is a great way to describe it too. That 
I mean, the genre is very horror-esque, but I also think fantasy can be very horror, horror-filled. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to think of it as like a fairy tale fantasy yeah. show. And I talked a lot in season one about how this is a show of lessons mm. and like the demon of the week ones can maybe give us a clearer picture of these, these lessons, these things that our hero learns mm-hmm. uh, through the trials and tribulations of fighting evil and killing demons and whatever. Yeah. But it, it feels like that also fits with a fairy tale vibe. Absolutely. It's so good. I wanted to, like, uh, we, we broke the rules and we talked a little bit about Jenny Calendar after Zumba. <laughs> but I just want the rules, what are the rules? Oh, there are no rules. The <laughs> rules are, there are no rules. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to bring it up here, live, on air, that <laughs> that last episode, Angel killed Miss Calendar. Angel killed a woman of... Um, the Romani people, mm-hmm. just like the way he killed this young girl many years ago when he was given his soul. Mm-hmm. The reason for his soul re- soul being returned to him to torture him was because he killed uh, a woman, uh, just like he killed Jenny. So I, I, I feel like hmm. it's important to point out and bring up this history repeating itself this this um this cycle does that mean he kind of wants his soul back i don't think so yeah i don't think so either but it's interesting that he would do the thing that gave him his soul in the first place yeah interesting i mean last episode it's very clear that Angelus is killing Jenny Calendar so that she cannot restore his soul. True, true, true. But, yeah, is, like, will history repeat itself? Will he get his soul back? If we think about the presence of prophecy in this show, another way of talking about prophecy is pointing out patterns and cycles because those are the prophecies of nature of mm-hmm. the na- of 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 the cyclical sort of ways that stories work yes so it makes my brain go is this a bit of subtle foreshadowing mm-hmm. for a soul restoration or will this be will we turn a different corner and will there be a different ending to this tale uh, I don't know. My impulse right now is that he will get his soul back, but I don't know if it's going to happen in the way I think or in a satisfying way or in a, any kind of way that is good or, you know, I just don't know how it could be happy or good. Is that what you want? Do you want him to get his soul back? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear it. I mean, it's very fun watching Evil Angel. I know he's just so good. I find him more compelling. But in the in terms of like the story and the characters in the show, like I think having him come back would be also very, very, very interesting on yeah. how they would fucking deal with that. Yeah. Like totally. So that just gives a lot to think about and play with, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's all building up. Like, again, we're sort of getting to the end of this season. We only have a couple episodes left. I can't believe it. <laughs> we have four more. I can't believe we're almost at the end. I know. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for next week, Marmar. Next week. Get ready. It's a doozy. Yep. Every week is a doozy. Yeah. <laughs> put, your, put your shields back up. Put your heart shield up for next week. Uh, you know my heart shield is always up. <laughs> <laughs> it's why I love you. Uh, okay, tell me your favorite line. Oh, I just wrote, I, lately I've just been like writing the really profound ones. Maybe it's just how I'm feeling. Yeah. But I wrote when Ryan and Buffy are having their like heart to heart while he's coloring and <laughs> making that <laughs> picture of the demon. Uh-huh. Um. She's sort of explaining how she's a hero and she's going to save them or protect them or whatever. And he just says, like, off the cuff, can't fight death. (laughs) 
He's such a wise child. He is such a wise <laughs> child. Children do say shit, though, that is yeah. very bizarre. They do. Um, which is why we think they're in contact with the fairies. And yes. <laughs> How about you? Okay, my favorite is at Cordelia. She had a lot of gems in this episode. <laughs> but she said, <laughs> it's when they're hanging out and Cordelia's talking about Buffy's, like, real motivation. And she says, tact is just not saying true stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and then she has that great comeback when Giles is disappointed that he has to spend the night researching with her. And she's like, okay, tact guy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's true. That is how Cordelia lives her life. She yeah. just, she doesn't believe in tact. She's like, I have no use for I that. have no use for it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Love you it. know this by now, yeah. also. Love her. Okay, everyone. Please give us a rating and subscribe on whatever you listen to your pods on. And if you like our show, feel free to give us a review. It helps other people find the pod. Yes. We'll see you next week for I Only Have Eyes for You. Oh. And I do only have eyes for Marley. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Arg. Grr. Grr. Arg.